Welcome to episode 23 of Lil Muck, a tiny slice of the Muck podcast where we talk to people in the media and politics about their favorite stories or experiences. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary, tell us about today's guest. Today we are interviewing Broward County Supervisor of Elections, Joe Scott. Now, I we did conversations uh, with Joe uh, about a year ago when everybody was running for the seat. And yes. I told every single candidate, this is the most important election that's happening yes. in Broward. So Joe had a, a historic win here in Broward County when he won that seat. He graduated from West Point and earned the Bronze Star as an Army Captain and Combat Leader in Iraq. He successfully voted by mail while deployed to Iraq and is acutely aware of the importance of having one's vote count here, no matter how far away an eligible voter may be. His MBA and 20 years of combined military and technological leadership experience gives him the unique skill set required to unify different communities and stakeholders to improve the voting experience in Broward and to effectively build the team and capabilities needed to ensure fair voting for all. So Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Hillary, for having me, and thank you so much for the kind introduction. And uh, and Tina, thank you as well. Thank you for having me on. So let's, of course, I mean, we are so excited you're here. Yes, um, so, so excited. So let's jump into the swamp that is Florida, <laughs> that we all love so much, right? Um, yes. And I'm going to just go right, we're going right in full blast and talking about Florida Senate Bill 90. So it promises to ban vote by mail drop boxes, which we all know on this call, it will disenfranchise many voters. It takes away what was basically how people voted in 2020 because of a pandemic, but also it just gave people, you know, vote by mail gives folks an opportunity to really look into candidates, take their time, look over their ballot and make sure it's done correctly. You know how important vote by mail is for people. So can you, can you share us your, share with us your thoughts on this bill? Uh, Yes, I think the bill is, is terrible. And I'll tell you one of the things that really, you know, drives that home is just the fact that there is this, um, this really bipartisan opposition to it. I don't know a single, um, election supervisor that supports it. And in fact, we have, um, you know, a former senator, um, who, who's, a who, who holds a, a high position in our association who is, uh, and is also a Republican who's actually been out there very vocally talking against this bill and talking about the fact that it is a huge mistake to remove all drop boxes. Um, you know, you know, there are just a lot of folks and it's hard to understand why, because, you know, I, I personally mail my ballot. I mailed my ballot from Iraq. Um, I mailed my ballot, <laughs> um, you know, this past election. And um, I don't have a problem with doing that. However, there are people out there who just prefer to do the more direct connection that they get from putting it into that drop box or for bringing it to an early voting site and dropping it off at an early voting site in the drop boxes that we have there. People just like that connection and like having that sense of security that their ballot was directly handed into the supervisor of elections. And in fact, 0.5 million people in Florida voted that way. So we know that there are, you know, that there's just this huge demand for drop boxes. People love it. And the other part of it, probably the thing that drives me the most, that drives me crazy is the fact that on the other side, when, once you kind of understand how we treat the ballots when we get them back, we have to verify the signature on every single one. So whether it comes through the mail or if it comes through a drop box, the verification process, if the signatures don't match, it doesn't get counted. So there's 
absolutely no reason to ban drop boxes. None. I mean, it's uh, I, I was someone who had my mail-in ballot and I dropped it off at the box in front of the SOE uh, because I'm one of those people that I wanted to put it in the box and know, like you said, and know that it was in the box. And I appreciated that that was an option for me. So, well, um, I mean, also there, there has, there is no evidence that this is an issue. There's no evidence of fraud when it comes to voting here. And it's incredibly uh, offensive for the governor who, after the November 2020 election, was praising the election system in Florida. And then here sees an opportunity as Republicans to take that away because mostly Democrats, I believe, voted by vote by mail. So it's clearly yeah. a voter suppression tactic used by this Republican um, led legislature and the governor and among other terrible bills that are going through the Florida legislature. And you're right. So these 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 Republicans and Democrats supervisor elections across the state are coming out. It's say this is not an issue and um it was it's really going to suppress voting in florida and they should be ashamed of that that's part of our right. democracy and, part of and, what you fought for and not not only is it not an issue but this would actually cause um tremendous issues for supervisors that's why most for the most part because we know and i mean there's no hiding the fact that this is a political decision mm-hmm. even the the senator who sponsors the bill acknowledges that there's no evidence of fraud. So it's purely a political decision. It's looking at, okay, how did the other side vote? Let's pass a law that makes it harder for them to do that. Mm. Um, but the fact is, is that w- the reason that the supervisors are against it is that they understand that this is going to create a huge problem. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you something that I saw personally, because I was out um, this, this past Tuesday, we just had an election. And I was out working uh, at, I worked at three different polling places throughout the day. And throughout the day, I saw people showing up at the polling places to drop off their ballots, which you cannot do on election day mm-hmm. um, in Florida. It's already the law that you basically have to, um, you, you can bring it to an early voting site or you can bring it to one of the secure drop boxes that are at the offices. Um, but you can't take it to your polling place. So I got to see firsthand the fact that people, what, who, who's showing up at their ballots? It's people who are working families. You know, there was one um, individual who was a, a police officer whose wife worked and he had an adult daughter living at home with him and he had those three ballots. But we were able to cancel his ballot and allow him to vote, but the other two ballots you couldn't wow. accept. There was mm-hmm. a, a woman whose 101-year-old mother um, was, uh, was um, bedridden and could not come to the polling place herself. And a lot of times these people just had no idea that they could not bring the ballot in and drop it off. So they just assumed that they could. So for us, you know, we know that we can pass a law in the, in, in, in the, through the state legislature, and it's not going to become general public knowledge easily, right? Mm-hmm. So we come on to 2022, there are going to be a huge number of people. I'll even say even into 2024, a huge number of people showing up and we already know in Broward County, you're looking at roughly 300,000 people that will show up to drop off those ballots. Wow. Um, and how are we going to deal with that? Uh, we're not going to be equipped. We're not going to be set up to deal with that. And, um, and that's really what they risk doing to us is um, just sort of, you know, changing this law and having it where people are used to this. People vote this way. And you're particularly impacting people who are disabled. You're impacting these working families. This is who you're getting. 
and they're not going to, their votes won't be counted. Mm-hmm. And it's already happening. It happens on election day, but now it's going to happen throughout early voting as well. And it's just a travesty. So yeah. how much, how much leeway do you have as supervisor of election to, uh, you know, let's say this thing passes and it's a, you know, again, it's a tra- it's a travesty, but like, let's say this thing passes. How much leeway do you have of like, now you've got to figure out with your team how to get this thing done in a better, more efficient way, effective way. Like, again, you have to educate voters, but that only goes so far. So like how, what, is that when you have to then get into a plan of how you can now make it these, get these 300,000 voters to still come out and, and, uh, and show up? Like, how do you, how do you do that? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I say the biggest thing, you know, cause a lot of people will ask me, you know, you know, just, uh, you know, stand up and fight and don't, don't, don't follow, you know, don't, don't um, comply. And I'll tell you, as, as a Democrat in a, in a, in a, in a, in a red, what is a red state right now, mm-hmm. you absolutely have to comply with the law. What you cannot do is what, what you can do is try to interpret the law or try to find a way to uh, figure out what is still legal. I guess that's probably the right way to go. Uh, to, to, to look at it and really examine what the, the language of the statute, once it passes, what does it say we can do? What does it say we can't do? And then sort of try to figure out what, you know, try to be creative mm-hmm. and come up with ways to, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing I'll tell you that we would have to do is just communication and try to be very effective with our communication, so using a lot of different channels, using our social media channels that we have set up going on podcasts like this, but also, you know, doing some direct mail, which is going to be very, very expensive, mm-hmm. but it'll be worth it. Um, just to try to get that communication out to people that there's basically two ways to return a ballot. I mean, there's only really, I take that back. There's only one way to return a ballot and that's through the mail. Mm-hmm. So th- that will be the communication will be your vote by mail ballot must go in the mail. And we probably need to designate like a, deadline which we've never really done before because it's very tricky because the florida law says that the ballot has to arrive by 7 p.m on election night so we don't have it set up where you have a postmark date Mm. um some states do so it's not based on the postmark date it's based on it arriving so we're going to tell people look have it in the mail by this date and try to push people to do that we tried that in the last election and it was not effective people do not listen Mm -hmm. um so, you know, so I am concerned that no matter how much we communicate and whatever we try to do, um, the, the message won't get out there. We'll have tens of thousands, potentially hundreds of thousands of people trying to show up with, with ballots and we're not going to be able to do anything. So um, I know you said that there are several supervisors of elections across the state that are concerned, obviously, about this. Are, are you guys in communication? Are you kind of trying to band together to uh, present uh, before maybe the committee to voice your concerns or to be heard? Yes, we do. We do have an association. Um, uh, it's uh, all 67 of the supervisors. Um, we have um, annual conferences, but we're also in continuous communication um, by email and by conference calls regularly to discuss things that are you know critical to all of us. Um, so that's why I say I don't know of anybody who supports this. I haven't seen anybody. Wow voice any support of it everybody seems to be against it um and, and overwhelming majority of the 67 are republicans um only only a handful of us are democrats 
Um, so it's, um, you know, so that's, that's the interesting thing about it. So basically the way, you know, the way that it, the, the communications go out is that they, you know, sort of communicate what's going on with the bill as it's coming through. And then they urge us to reach out to our local members, uh, of the Florida legislature and discuss it with them and talk to them about why it's a bad idea. Mm. Um, so I know that that is happening across the state. Uh, I know I've been in touch. I have one, uh, particular individual I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of. I know that there's only one person in my area who might vote for it. Yeah. Well, and I'm, Hoping I to, I'm hoping to get in touch with him well, soon. Please, uh, I, I think he, I think you're referring to my representative, and I'd love you to get a hold of him. I mean, my God, uh, I'm concerned about this. Yes. And if he and if he votes for this, this should be a major issue for whoever runs against him in 2022. Yes. We're going to keep notes on this, but I love this association. Like, yeah. I think that this is amazing, and that they give you like these actions of like contacting these reps, and this is this is fantastic. Right. So, yeah, so um, that's, you know, so that's sort of where we are. And I'm hoping I have a call out um, to the office and I've asked them to respond. And I will, uh, you know, urge everybody listening to this podcast to also reach out to that office and mm. uh, yes. <laughs> and mm. let them know that you don't uh, support this. So I, I actually don't know where he stands right now. I mean, can, yeah. can I say his name so we know who to call? Oh, yeah, sure. It's Representative Lamarca. Thank you. That's the one person I'm worried about. Um, I don't know where he stands, and I would like to speak with him, and uh, um, and I hope that he is against it, but I don't know for sure where he is. So um, we're going to shift gears a little bit, and um, I wanted to ask, you ran on a campaign of integrating technology and innovation. Can you talk about how you have or how you're planning to implement technology in Broward? Uh, yeah, so we are actually working on a few different things. Uh, probably the biggest project, the most impactful, um, is going to be our communication system that we are setting up, um, where we are going to start communicating by text message and emails with everybody that if we have your cell phone number and your email, we are actually going to be blasting out messages to you mm. about, um, about, uh, particularly around your vote by mail ballot, letting you know that the ballot was mailed, letting you know that giving you reminders to send it back letting you know that we received it and that it was um, and that it's been uh, counted, which actually means the signature was verified. So those are basically the different steps that we've already kind of set up are sort of the milestones that it was mailed. And then we'll do periodic reminders to the ballots that are still out there. And then we will have a received and a signature verified uh, text messages that go out. I so that that. Mm-hmm. that will be in place by 2022. Um, we already have the, you know, event, we're probably 90% there with selecting a vendor. Um, in case anybody is listening to this who would like to be a vendor, um, you need to reach out to us right away because we are in the process right now of selecting a vendor. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll probably release some more information as well before we make a final decision. Um, but we'd love to, you know, if anybody's out there that will be interested in bidding on that contract, we would love to have them. Mm-hmm. But, um, that is almost set up. The other thing we're doing, which is, probably not as impactful to the voters, but there's this huge community of people out there who want to improve um, citizen oversight of elections. Mm. And we're doing for that community is that we are going to set up a, um, we're going to have all ballot, all of our ballot images available online for people to view. Um, to, if you wanted to download those ballot images and do your own audit of the election, you'll be able to. And the plan is to have it set up 
by precinct. So you have all the ballot images arranged by precinct where you can actually go in and you can look at a particular race. If you want to look at a particular race, if you want to look at the whole county, you can look at the whole county. Um, uh, you know, basically it, it, it's going to be very, um, available for people. It's going to be very accessible. Um, it's not going to be free, um, because of the way the public records act is set up. Mm-hmm. We do have to charge people the cost for, you know, the, the actual cost of, um, using that. But what we're doing is we're bringing that actual cost way down so that it's, uh, very accessible to everybody. What can they review? The signatures? Is that what you're referring to? No, just, no, no, no. So there's uh, only votes. So yes, it's not. You know, the, oh, we can't anything with the public. Um, with the public records, um, there are certain things that we cannot release because of privacy concerns, and signatures are one of those things. Yeah. So we never show the voter signatures, but what, what we will, what we can show is the ballot because the ballot mm-hmm. it is a secret. So there's no way to tie a ballot back to an individual unless they do something crazy on the ballot, like write something. Yeah, <laughs> like Hillary was here. <laughs> and you'll be surprised. There's plenty of people out there who, who like to write things on the ballots. And, um, you know, then you could go back and find your ballot in there. But um, uh, but it won't be anything, you know, personally identifiable where anybody would be able to identify the person and who voted because that, that would violate the secret ballot. Um uh, provision of how we how we handle things. So basically, it's simply you'll simply see the image of the ballot um, for all the ballots that were cast. I love this it's complete transparency, which yeah. is what you know the public's always accusing governmental agencies of. Like you're not transparent enough. This is like complete transparency. Well, it's yeah, amazing. and with the issues of yeah. voter fraud, it really mm-hmm. provides yeah the go information. Look. Go look, yeah. and I feel like it would help a lot of community organizations who do a lot of research on on voting and different areas on how well, people even, vote yes like it's even great information to when have you look at like the andrew they you know they I, I believe this was a thing but with when andrew gillum and bill nelson were running at the same time and like people would vote for bill nelson and skip andrew gillum like that was supposedly a thing that's very interesting to me is like how one person's elected or voted for and another person they skip and they're both democrats like that's an interesting thing to look at uh, yeah, it is. Um, you know, and, and one thing that particularly that happened in that race was that it was there was a design mm. problem with the ballot that basically right. the, the the Bill Nelson race was right below the directions. And a lot of people skipped over that That's right. and That's started right. with at the top of the second column. So you're right. You would be, be able to sort of see that up close. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but really, I would say that my goal is that transparency. It is to really be radically transparent and have the most transparent uh, elections operation in the country. And part of that isn't just the technology side, but it's also the way that we're building our new facility. We're building our Mm -hmm. new facility. Um, The way we're designing the new facility is that there's going to be what's called a transparency corridor, where there's going to basically be a space where people can walk in and walk around the voting area. and And there will be glass walls where you can see through and you can see how everybody's operating. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll also set up a lot more cameras and have live streams going on. Um, and it's something that people will make, I would say some of it is that the technology has gotten to a place where we can do this, mm-hmm. um, without it being extremely expensive. But the other thing is that you have to have a little bit of confidence in communicating because you, you worry about people taking advantage of your transparency and then highlighting mistakes that happen because these are human processes with human beings operating. And none of the systems are perfect. So 
sure, you can run your audit and then you find out that it's 0.0092% off and it's like, okay, yeah, that's normal. You know, like, no, it's not going to be perfect. Nothing is. And probably your audit that you're checking isn't perfect either. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so we, we're going to have to communicate those things. We're going to have to talk about it. But I, I welcome the conversation. You know, I welcome that, you know, if somebody wants to make some kind of fake video about what's happening in there, that we'll be like, nope, here's the real video. Boom. Yeah, I love it. I love <laughs> that. Communicate it and just be there. You know, we're going to be so ready to, you know, to fight back against anybody that wants to sort of try to take advantage of us and take advantage of our transparency. And we it's something that we've already talked a lot about um, because it is a concern that people have that, that somebody would take advantage of our transparency and try to use it against us. But, um, but we're ready for it. You know, we're going to communicate clearly with the people and overall people will be more educated about how the process works. Right. So is this outside of technology, is there anything else like special projects that you're working on in the office? The biggest, biggest project that we have is the fact that we're moving to a new building in 2023 and there is we are sort of in the phase now of designing the building and laying it out we we the the site was already been selected the you know the the building has been purchased by the county um it's going to be just west of i-95 and just south of commercial boulevard and um there's some there's some work that needs to be done on the building to get it ready for us Mm -hmm. and that work is a couple of years to get done so it'll be you know some point in 2023 when we actually move in there but we'll be there for the 2024 presidential election which will be amazing mm-hmm. um because it will be the best facility in the country the best um, um wow. electric facility we we went and um well we didn't go we wanted to go visit a couple of facilities that are currently sort of the top of the line across the country um, one being king county in washington state which is the seattle washington area and another one is um the uh, Maricopa County in Arizona. Um, those are places, jurisdictions that have millions of voters and do a lot of vote by mail. Matter of fact, King County is all vote by mail. Oh, wow. So ended up doing was we ended up talking with people at the, those facilities and getting a good understanding of how they're laid out and how they were designed. So we incorporated the best ideas that are out there and then we improved on it. So that's why we're just confident that once we're done and once this building is, 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 um, once we're in there, we'll have the best um, facility in the whole country, which is really what Broward County deserves at this point mm-hmm. because Broward County has had, you know, the, the, the past that we've had with elections and the, the way we've been highlighted. And we know that some of that stuff will continue in the future yeah. because it's really not that any elections office is perfect, but we happen to be the bluest county in um, what is sadly becoming a, a red state. Yeah. Um, because of that, there is sort of this, um, there's this sort of idea of just attacking the election system if you feel like things aren't going your way. And we saw that in a big way in 2020. It's almost like they, they started in 2018 where they came down to Broward County and had these huge protests in Broward County. And then we saw the same thing happen in 2020 in other areas of the country, but they were literally both ways where if we're down, mm. we're telling them count every vote, count every vote. But if we're up, we're saying, stop counting, stop counting, you know, the same campaign, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. so it's not, it's nothing to do with the election system itself. It has to do with the fact that I, I want to use um, some loud people to try to make the election go my way instead of just mm. counting votes and getting the right answer and finding out what the right answer is. Yeah. 
And that's what we have to resist. We have to know that there are people out there who don't care what the right answer is. They want their answer to come out. Mm-hmm. And we have to ignore those people. <laughs> when, they're, when they're protesting outside of our facility, you have to ignore them because they're clowns. <laughs> um, and, that's, and, I, and, I, and I say that partially because I know it will happen one day. And I know that t- folks out there will wonder because especially we're on the thinking side of the fence. So they're going to say, oh, do they have a point? They probably don't. Mm. I will be honest. I will tell you guys what happened. If we made a mistake, if something went wrong, I'm going to be open and honest about it okay. and say, here's what happened. We're going to fix it. But give us a little bit of time. Yeah. But they are going to blow it way out of proportion because that's what they do. Yeah, and I yeah. just want to inoculate <laughs> the public possible about what is inevitably going to happen one day. Yeah. <laughs> right. So how do you think we can best educate and engage voters in our community? You know, that I, I would say that's the challenge. That's what we're really working on. One of the big um, initiatives, the big initiatives that we have coming up next is our high school voter registration drive. Ooh. We are engaged. We do this every year, so it's not anything new. But I just really, um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of a competitive person, and I want this to be better than it's ever been before. I want to engage and get more people engaged than we ever did before. Um, and, and we are looking at working on ideas to do that. Um, one thing that we're doing is we're actually having a, we want to create a contest between the high schools, mm. or, you know, try to see who can, who can get the most people registered and then give them an award or, you know, give awards to the high schools. We'll try to categorize them based on the size of the schools and have them compete with each other. And hopefully that gets them, uh, friendly rivalry going and gets more people registered you know so that's our big thing we want to do the same thing with area colleges actually would like to um i'm planning to partner with the um supervisors in miami-dade and palm beach county and so that we can capture all of the area colleges and get them competing with each other as well to register people to vote Mm. um so you know so those are the kinds of things that we can do um another initiative that we have um that's brand new is similar to the initiative that we do with our um, nationalization service, where we go out and we, we um, engage people right when they're getting nationalized um, and, um, and get them registered to vote right at that moment. We're working with the Department of Corrections here in the state of Florida to get people that are leaving the criminal justice system and get them engaged and get them registered to vote right at that moment where they um, have regained their, their um, civil rights. Mm. Um, so that's a brand new program that we're starting here in Broward County. Um, but it's going to be impactful. It's going to be impactful statewide in terms of getting, because it's really impossible with our Department of Corrections as a state agency. So we're engaging as Broward County. We're going to engage with the Department of Corrections and we're going to focus on getting these folks that are coming out of the criminal justice system here in the state um, registered to vote. So, so those are the types of things that we're doing, just trying to catch and capture new voters. And then once they are registered to vote, do some additional communication directly to those folks. Um, one thing that, that um, activists out there can do is if you're doing these types of things, you're doing voter registration drives, try to get people's cell phones and emails for us because we're doing a lot more that requires us to do that direct communication by cell phone and email. So that would be helpful to us as well to be able to directly engage with people after they're registered and get them to actually vote. Because the other problem with photo registration drives is that you end up registering a lot of people because it's easy to get the registration form to them, but it's hard to get a ballot to them. So, you know, it's, um, you know, we have to get them to actually vote once they're registered 
So that's sort of the type of things that we're thinking about and the types of problems that we're trying to solve at the elections office now. Um, we're all about engagement. Um, and we have a, a core team of people that are working on that every day and thinking about how do we engage more voters and how do we get more people to participate in the, in their in civic life here in Broward County. Well, I have to say, like, I, I think about this with candidates, you know, candidates work so hard on their campaigns. I mean, you know, you were yeah. you were a candidate. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, it comes down to that election day. And like, have I made an impression? Have I, you know, the I always think the American voter is like the the, the trickiest person on the planet. Like, I don't understand somehow uh, if they, you know, working the polls, someone shows up and they didn't know they were at the wrong polling place or yeah. they didn't know uh, that they hadn't been registered at their new address or, you know, it's just like there's always these things that go wrong. And, you know, knowing that that's your job to like educate these voters and get them on the right page has got to be incredibly difficult. So you have a long, uh, arduous road ahead of you, but I am so excited that you're there because what you've told us today, it really gets me excited about Broward yeah, County. Some great innovation. I'm so excited. I love the returning citizens program. Oh I God. love the, the competition in the high schools. Yes. There's so much great stuff. The new building. Yes. I mean, it's all really exciting and great news. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and I'm, and the other thing is we are very open to community input with these, especially these very difficult challenges around engagement mm-hmm. and voter engagement, you know, elections, the, the, the email address is elections at BrowardSOE.org. If you reach out to us, send us an email um, with your suggestions. We, we see all of those and we, you know, we will take everything into consideration and we, we love, um, you know, we love hearing from the public and getting those ideas. I love it. I'm so happy that you're there. Um, and please give your best to your family. I hope everyone's well. They are, and uh, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I hope every, you, you know, you all are doing well as well, and your families are doing well. Uh, it's such a difficult time right now for everybody. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, but hopefully the light at the end of the tunnel is here. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yes, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you all for having me. You have a wonderful weekend. All right, bye. Bye. If you want to learn more about this week's guest, please follow the episode notes on our blog at themuckpodcast.fireside.fm and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for The Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Dougherty.